Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody, it's Lon Seidman, and it's time once again for your weekly wrap-up, Monday the 13th. May the 13th be with you today. And we're going to be looking at a bunch of different topics on this show, including the weekly wrap-up schedule update from last week, EMU Paradise removes downloads, and I've got some thoughts on this. Uh, We're also going to talk about something I call the Retro ROM Challenge to see if maybe we can get uh, some of these license holders to loosen up a bit and give us some more options. I'll get into all of that in a minute. GPD Win 2, out of the box versus tweaked. We had a lot of discussion on my review of that device. I wanted to talk a little bit about that. We're going to look at what official Android TV boxes are out there, at least being marketed by Google. We're going to look at how to sync audio tracks in Final Cut Pro. A few of you liked how I did that on my recent speaker review. And we're going to look at a really cool channel from Roku that you can run on your computer to watch free movies. And it's actually a pretty good thing. So we're going to take a look at all of that right now. I want to begin by thanking our newest members here on the channel. And this week, we've got somebody who upgraded their support, John Simon. So I want to thank John for his upgrade and to everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis, along with everyone who watches on an ongoing basis, too, because all of those things equal channel growth. Now, we don't have an advertiser this week, but we do have a non-ad and affiliate link for Amazon Prime. And I found a new feature of Amazon Prime that I didn't know I had and I wanted to share with you. Uh, called Amazon Prime Magazines. And what you can do is uh, check out 10 magazines at a time for free, and they download to your Kindle app on your uh, tablet or on your phone or other Amazon devices you might be using. Not all that interactive. You get pretty much a PDF of the magazine, but when you're done reading it, uh, you just uh, return it, quote-unquote, back to uh, Amazon, and you can get a few more to read. So if you've got a flight or something, you can download a bunch of these onto your device and have at it. Now, when you get like situations like this here where you've got kind of a spread across the page, you can just uh, tilt your device like so, and it will do uh, a two-up view here also. So, you know, pretty much looking at a PDF here, but it is free. And if you're ever spending a couple bucks at the newsstand to get some magazines and you've got a Prime subscription, uh, check out what they have available for free because your favorite magazine might be in there. And I guess they rotate these out once a month or so. And if you follow the link down below, you can go and get a free trial of Amazon Prime for 30 days and we'll get a little commission for you signing up. And if you've already got Amazon Prime, just type in magazines and you can pull up a bunch of magazines you can download right now. And now let's take a look at the week in review. We had two reviews up on the Extras channel, this kind of mini reviews that I did. Uh, so you can check those out there. We also unboxed the Leva Z2 mini PC that I'll be reviewing probably in the next two weeks or so. And we also unboxed the MeCool KMA Android TV box that they claim is Google certified. I'll have a review up on that box probably tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, just note that it isn't so great and I'm not recommending it right now. Just be aware of that and you'll hear all the reasons why uh, in that review that you'll see in a day or two. On the main channel, we found a really cool little speaker from Anchor that costs 20 bucks and has Alexa built in. So that was pretty cool. So you can check out how that works. And I did 
did, by the way, uh, find a way to just mask out the A word uh, when I was talking about it in the review, so you don't have to worry about me triggering your devices anymore, but I did let it run in real time, so I kind of muted it out in the middle of the word just so that you could see how long it takes for things to process. That was my concern about uh, having those things edited out. And of course, we had the review of the GPD Win 2, which is a handheld Windows computer. We also got the review up of the 8-bit Doe mod kits, which allow you to take uh, your old NES controllers and make them wireless controllers that work with your Nintendo Switch and PC and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So you can get a more condensed version of the live stream that I did about a week and a half ago, which went on for about an hour and a half there. And now it's time for a couple of things that are on my mind. And this is week 76 of me doing this as a full-time occupation. And I wanted to give an update on the weekly wrap-up schedule that I was talking about last week, potentially maybe changing it to the weekend. It looks like the opinions are kind of mixed and there wasn't a lot of people commenting on it either. So I think what I'm going to do in the interim here uh, is keep the status quo until we see the new uh, YouTube um, premieres feature launch where we can have kind of a live get-together while the video is running. So I want to see exactly how that does and I think that will... Uh, gauge where we end up posting this video. Some people said maybe Sunday morning versus Monday night. Uh, Other folks wanted it Sunday night. So I think what I want to do is just um, see how it does based on how the premiere feature works. Maybe we'll experiment with a couple of different days to see which works the best for a majority of viewers. So in the meantime, we're going to uh, just kind of keep things where they are. And then when premieres launches, we'll uh, do a little experimentation with that. Now, last week, the Surface Go came out and I ordered one with the expectation of getting it in and reviewing it last week, but it didn't show up until Friday. And it wasn't going to show up at all unless I actually called Microsoft. And this is just another uh, little issue I've been having with their customer service department over the years. Things just don't seem to work that efficiently there. Uh, So what happened was I ordered the Surface Go right when it was announced. And the pen, uh, as you can see here, was delivered on July 13th. And of course, I had to wait for the other two components to arrive. Uh, So when they went to ship the Surface Go, my credit card rejected the transaction thinking it was a fraudulent thing. So I called the credit card company, got that resolved. Uh, Microsoft said, hey, you got to log in and update your payment for us so that we can ship it out to you. So I went in there dutifully and uh, just resubmitted the payment. And uh, the order got switched to pending. And it sat at pending for almost a week. And I had to call in to customer service to see what was going on. And as it turns out, the guy on the phone told me it wasn't, in fact, pending. Uh, The order got canceled, but it just said pending to me. So here I was assuming that everything was going to be fine. And in fact, if I hadn't called in and then spent a half hour on the phone to get this order processed, I wouldn't have had it arrive at all. And uh, just another example of just how I think Microsoft's customer service isn't so great and they need to make things better. This should have been a one-click fix Not a 30-minute phone call to an overseas call center that uh, had me on the phone for much longer than I wanted to be on the phone for. Thankfully, it did arrive. Uh, You'll see the unboxing probably uh, before this video uploads, but definitely on Tuesday. Uh, Really nice device, and we'll have a full review of it coming up soon. And by the way, I'll put a link down below to the last customer service issue I had with Microsoft involving a Surface device, so you can see more about some of the trials and tribulations I have encountered over the years with them. And now it's time for some things in the news that caught my eye. And if you are a fan of retro gaming, you probably heard about the popular emulation ROM site EMU Paradise voluntarily stopping downloads of ROMs from their site. So they have been kind of a clearinghouse for a long period of time where you can kind of dig into 
all of the major consoles of the last 30 years or so and download just about every game that ever came out for them. Uh, and they were clearly very popular, uh, clearly very illegal, but I think it speaks to how consumers want to get these games because right now there are not many legal avenues to acquire most of the video games of the last 30 or 40 years. It's really quite difficult to get a digital copy of something through a legal means. And a great example of that uh, is this game Contra that came out on the NES probably back in uh, 1987 or so. Uh, That's when I bought it. And you cannot buy this game digitally as far as I know. If I'm wrong, let me know down in the comments section. But as far as I'm aware, uh, the $20 eBay price for the loose cartridge is the only legal way that you can actually acquire Contra in 2018. And people looking to play this on their computers or their phones or whatever have been going to sites like EMU Paradise because it's there and there's no place to legally buy it. I bet you if it was available for two bucks somewhere, people would be paying that very happily to get that ROM file into their hands. But alas, uh, Konami just hasn't made it available, even though they own the IP to it. Uh, And what they have been doing, though, instead of actually selling the game, is going after people. So they've been going after YouTube creators, for example, who put footage of uh, that video game into their videos. Even though it's a fair use, Konami is able to do this because the only way we can defend our fair use of that footage is to sue them and go to court, which none of us can really afford to do. And even if we won, we would be spending so much more money suing them than we'd ever get back. Uh, So it's a pretty easy way to make some quick bucks off of a retro game that you're not selling by just going after tens of thousands of views uh, per week, perhaps, and making money off of that because they can leave the video up and take all the ad revenue away. Uh, The other thing they've been doing is uh, going after these ROM sites, and I think it's only a matter of time before they start going after some individuals to try to make examples out of them, like the music industry did during the Napster era. Uh, There we had individuals who maybe had five or six songs up on a Napster library uh, getting sued for tens of thousands of dollars and settling uh, out of court for usually a couple thousand to get the case uh, out of of the court system or whatever. And they were very aggressive about that. All the while, the music industry wasn't actually selling music to people the way they were looking to buy it. In fact, if you look at how long it took the music industry to finally deliver what customers wanted, uh, I time it at about 13 years from the time that the MP3 sites first started showing up on the internet to when iTunes finally started selling DRM-free music in 2009. That's how long it took them. And in the intervening years, they were just suing the crap out of everybody, uh, hoping they could force them back into buying CDs again. And in the case of Contra, that's a used cartridge. You're not giving any money to Konami when you buy that game. It's going to the resale market here. The only time they ever made money was back in 1987. And if we take it a step further here, uh, take a look at the SNES library here, Android Sophia, Uh, posted up this really good uh, analysis here of how many SNES games there were, 721 in North America alone. The Wii store, before it shut down, only had 74 of those games available to acquire legally on a modern system. That number is down now to 51. And I think that what the industry needs to do here is learn from the record industry's mistake. And one of the things that I am suggesting uh, the industry start doing is the Retro ROM Challenge. And what this is, is something I want to start, maybe you can all help spread the word on this, is let's go out to some developers and see if we can get a few to start selling their old NES ROMs, for example, 
for a reasonable amount on their websites. Maybe 99 cents, maybe $1.99, whatever they think is fair. But make these ROMs available for purchase legally so that people can play these games the way they want, where they want, basically DRM-free. It worked for old DOS games on GOG, uh, which is a great site for finding some of those old games I used to play. They're completely DRM-free. I can play them any way I want. Uh, and I think the same needs to happen with some of these old console games. Just make them available and charge people for it. It just boggles the mind that they can't make these games available to people the way they want to play them. Instead, we have all this copyright nonsense, all this uh, future litigation coming down the pike when they could actually be making money and pleasing their customers at the same time. It doesn't make sense to me, but uh, I'm not in these corporate boardrooms either. But hopefully, somebody there will raise their hand one day and say, hey, why don't we sell these ROMs to people? They seem to really want them. That would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? So hopefully, we can get the retro ROM challenge going, and maybe one developer out there will take us up on it. And now it's time for a Q&A from you, the viewers. And our first question comes in from another Lon, Lon Alma, about my GPD Win 2 review. Uh, and this was about the fact that he felt like I should have done more to try to squeeze more performance out of these games as some other people on YouTube have done. And uh, that is really not what I do here on the channel. We don't usually go into the weeds on uh, some of the tweaks and technical changes you can make to products because this is a consumer-focused tech channel. Uh, probably maybe a little bit more prosumer in some cases, but generally we look at what the consumer experience is going to be. And my philosophy around this stuff is that I look at what did the manufacturer intend the product to be. And in that case, the measurement we did on the channel for the GPD Win 2 was running it straight out of the box with games that are popular AAA titles like GTA 5 and uh, some of the other games we featured in the video run at their lowest settings. We do that all the time with all of the Intel-based laptops we look at, for example, to see how they perform. And that is exactly uh, what we did with the GPD Win. And I got a bunch of comments in, in addition to that one, about with a little modding here with GTA 5, you can get it up to 30 frames per second, maybe up to 45. Uh, maybe you can uh, go into the BIOS and adjust the TDP to 7 watts. All things that uh, I guess you could do, but again, is not the default configuration. And I'm very weary, especially knowing how many general consumers watch my channel, I am very weary to recommend people go into the BIOS and uh, tune the computer to run differently or overclock it in some cases that, uh, that the manufacturer did not intend for it to do because that could damage the product. So yes, we could squeeze more performance out of this. Yes, there are ways you can find uh, people on the internet and on YouTube who have done that that you can follow, but we really focus here on what is the intended use of the product, what did the manufacturer present to consumers, and that is what we test against. And honestly, I like the product. I don't know if it was clear in the video or not, but I was very favorable of it. I, in fact, I think it was better than the prior version that they had that was not as useful as this one has uh, appeared to be to us here. So we were really quite pleased with it, but I think it's important for people to get the reality of what it is. And I also feel like it is a bit hampered by the fact that it is running with Intel graphics, and maybe one day they'll come up with an AMD-based device that might do a little bit better. And I'll certainly review that one too and apply the same uh, criteria to it. And another comment came in from Stephanie McKeon that generated some conversation, which was about the value proposition of the GPD Win 2 uh, versus the Nintendo Switch that I brought up in the review. Because what I'm thinking here, for, again, for consumers, is that if you want something really simple that has a lot of the same games, especially some of the indie games that are uh, quite popular on the Steam Store, 
most of those now are coming to the switch because the developers see a lot of potential there on that platform given the install base. And one thing that uh, Stephanie brought up here is that Steam usually has better prices than the Switch store does. Uh, and that's certainly the case when they do run their sales and everything. Uh, but what I've been noticing on the Switch, because I keep a wish list of games that I might want to get in the future, is that I am seeing some steep discounts now being applied in a very similar way to how they're applied on the Steam store uh, to a lot of those indie games. The problem is Nintendo hasn't gotten so good about notifying people of it. So whenever I log into my Switch and check out my wish list, usually a game or two is on sale, some of them at pretty significantly steep discounts. So I think that will eventually get there. Uh, probably won't be the case with some of the AAA titles, especially the ones Nintendo offers. And after all, we are buying Wii U games at full price uh, three years later on our Switch. But uh, I do think some of the same pricing strategies that are working for developers on Steam are also going to work on here. But Nintendo does need to have a better notification system to let you know when those games are on sale. And this next question came in in regards to official Android TV boxes. Are there any others beyond the Shield and the Mi Box? And I go in every once in a while to the Android TV page that Google hosts to see uh, what else is new. And there hasn't been anything new in a long time here. So right now, the official devices listed are the Sharp TVs, the Sony TVs, the Mi Box, which of course we've looked at a while ago, and the Shield TV. Nothing else. Now, there are now... Uh, probably some more boxes from China, like one we'll be looking at in a couple of days that are running with the Android TV operating system, but they are not being sold in the North American market where I live. And it looks like this page here is uh, strictly tuned to the U.S. market, given my location. Uh, in other parts of the world, there are more Android TV boxes and TVs powered by uh, Android TV than there are here in the U.S., uh, but we are starting to see more arrive. I was at a show in New York City over the summer uh, Westinghouse has TVs now that'll be running with Android TV also. So I think we'll start seeing a little bit more. I just don't know what the market is for these set-top boxes because I thought by now we would see more. In fact, we have less than we did a couple of years ago because it looks like the Nexus player is not being offered for sale any longer. And this next question came in in regards to my Anchor speaker review where we showed uh, how it sounds using its internal microphone and very quickly switching from my studio audio to it. And I wanted to show you uh, how that was done. So I use uh, Final Cut Pro and I've got a portion of the video out here. So what I've got up here is my audio so you can hear me talking. And this clip lines up with this Halo test that I did uh, from the device itself. So it's separate audio, but Final Cut has a really neat feature uh, called synchronized clips. And what it can do is listen to both and actually get them perfectly in sync. So we're going to call this one uh, synced up clip. And what it will do uh, is automatically sync the two together and we'll get a new clip here on the timeline uh, that I can drop right in. So I can just get my uh, ins and out points here set and drag it onto my timeline. And now I have a video clip with both audio uh, versions contained inside of it, but it's defaulting to uh, the file that I brought over. So listen to it now. I have some speakerphone capabilities and just to give- So you can hear we've got kind of the, the bad audio from the, micro, from the speaker's microphone. So I'm gonna just put a blade in here, right in this spot here. And I'm going to click on now this separated clip. And instead of the connected audio, I'm going to click on Storyline and undo the connected. And now when I play this back, listen to it. The speaker is away from me here. Uh, we're going to now do an audio test of that. 
So there you go. That's how it sounds. It's very easy to integrate a separate audio clip with your other video. So it's important when you're shooting video and using an external microphone, for example, to always make sure your camera is recording audio also because it uses the audio to sync it up. And I've been using this feature for uh, both this but also multi-camera editing for some time. And it's amazing how good it is. I think Premiere does a very similar thing, and uh, it really saves a ton of time because really we spent all of maybe 30 seconds uh, implementing this thing to get that effect that we had in that review. Good stuff, very easy to do on Final Cut Pro and I think on Premiere too. And in our Q&A for you this week, I'm very curious about your feelings on ROMs and my ROM rant. Uh, Would you buy ROMs if they were reasonably priced and DRM-free so that you could uh, legally enjoy them on the platform of your choice? Let me know down in the comments below. Now, our channel of the week this week is not a YouTube channel, but rather something that Roku is doing, and you don't need a Roku device to use it. It's called the Roku channel. I'm going to pull it up for you real quick so you can see what it looks like. I was quite pleased with this. In fact, I was surprised that it actually does what it says it will do. Uh, So when you log into the Roku channel, you do have to create an account with them. Uh, You have some live stuff available to you. You've got a bunch of TV shows and movies available. Uh, The movies are ad-supported, but they are free. And again, you don't need a Roku device to play them back. I can't play anything right now because I'll get hit with copyright concerns here, but all of this stuff is playable. Uh, No purchase required, totally free. And again, just uh, supported by ads here and there. And this is uh, Roku's real first effort, I think, into uh, providing content in addition to their hardware. And I think we're going to be going to be seeing a lot more of this kind of stuff from other hardware manufacturers, too. It's kind of an interesting thing that uh, Roku's put together here. And uh, if you're looking to watch some older movies for free, you can do that on the Roku channel. Just sign up for a Roku account. Now, this week on the channel, I've got a bunch of stuff on the agenda. So uh, the first thing is we shot a podcast episode last week. A friend of mine uh, who is a professor of social media uh, at the University of Hartford, my alma mater, stopped by. We shot about an hour uh, discussion just talking about the trends that that he's seeing in social media compared to what I'm experiencing and uh, some of the implications on society and that kind of stuff. A good discussion. I think you might enjoy that. So that'll be up a little later in the week. Uh, we're also going to have my uh, review of this Android box from Me Cool. It's a didn't make the cut episode, all to it, uh, but it is something I want to get out there because a lot of people were excited to see what this device was all about. Uh, it might do some things that some of you might want, so I'll cover all of that in there, but I'm really not recommending this one uh, just because there are some issues with it, which I'll cover in the review. Uh, we're also going to take a look at a SanDisk portable SSD. I can't get enough of these things, and this is a new one from them. Uh, So we'll test all of its performance and all that good stuff on a review coming up in the week. I also hope to get to the Surface Go this week. We finally ran all of our testing on it, and I've been playing with it all weekend. I really like the way it feels, and I will tell you all about it uh, in a couple of days here on the channel. I'm also hoping probably next week now to get to some of this production stuff. We still have to review this camera that's been making some appearances on some of my other videos as well as talking about the NewTek NDI interface to uh, more conveniently capture video in your home or office. And we'll also maybe have some microphones and some other stuff to test out too. So maybe we'll do a production week next week and just cover all of that. Now, if you want to help the channel, you can. You can go to lon.tv support and make a monthly contribution to the channel. 
We also have my relationship with Plex, where if you sign up for a free Plex account, no credit card required, we get a little commission for that. We get a little bit more of a commission if you sign up for a Plex Pass or gift it to somebody else, and you can see uh, those links on screen for that. We have other channels also. My Extras channel is where I do mini reviews and unboxings and supplementary content. Uh, The podcast, which you just heard about, can be found uh, at the link you see there to get information as to where you can find it. It's on most major podcasting applications. Uh, The Snippets channel is uh, something where I take snippets out of this video and put them into bite-sized pieces for a different YouTube channel, which is called the Snippets channel. And we have my live stream archive at lon.tv slash live stream, so you can replay some older live streams that we've done. If you want to get notified anytime something happens here on the channel, click the bell so you get notified when I go live or upload anything or anything along those lines. So definitely click that bell when you get a chance. And we also have ways to engage with the channel, my email list at lon.tv slash email. The Facebook page is at lon.tv slash Facebook. We have, I think, close to 2,500 people on that now. Uh, We have about 400 people now on the Facebook group where you can interact with me and other fans of the channel. Lots of great ways to connect with everybody. And the store is at lon.tv slash store where I sell things that I've previously reviewed on the channel and I'm now getting rid of. You can get an alert every time I add something to the store at the link that you see on screen here. And if you don't like the price, email me and make a deal. I'm always looking to negotiate here, so I want to get this stuff out of here. So make an offer if you don't like the price, and maybe I will take it, and maybe I'll haggle a little bit more with you. That's going to do it for this week's weekly wrap-up. Thank you all for tuning in and keeping those suggestions and comments coming. I do read every one and take them to heart. Sometimes I don't agree. Sometimes I agree and might push back a little bit, and it all gets into my head for making future changes to content. So please keep it coming, and uh, don't be afraid to tell me what you think. I do need to hear it, even if I don't always want to hear it. So that's going to do it for this week's weekly wrap-up. Thank you all once again, and I'll see you very soon. This is Lon Seidman. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters, including Gold Level supporters Chris Allegretta, the Four Guys with Quarters podcast, Tom Albrecht, Bill Reiner, and Kalyan Kumar. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv support to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.